0: Take your balloons to the next level as we delve deeper into what truly makes a professional balloon artist with your host, Zivi Kivi. Now, welcome to the Balloon Artist Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to the Balloon Artist Podcast. This is Season 1, Chapter 4, and today we have with us Christopher Lyle. Christopher is... is a seasoned twister who performs as the guy in the yellow suit. His branding is very visual. His pictures on the Facebook, in case you haven't noticed, are huge sculptures with really happy kids around him. And his work on restaurant work is just amazing. He, He also published the book, Get Yellow, and i had the pleasure of interviewing him and i think that if you are doing restaurant work you're definitely going to take a few ideas after hearing this interview if you are not doing it, uh, if you are not doing restaurant work you would have a huge desire to go to a restaurant after this interview and to start to do it i know i had after talking with christopher lyle so here's a short sponsorship ad and then we'll go right into the interview. Our sponsor today is Qualatex, the very best balloons. Qualatex makes great balloons, but they also create awesome conventions. And WBC 2016 is just around the corner. So if you are going, that's awesome. I'm sure you will learn so much from it. It's an awesome experience, and it was really useful for me to go to WBC 2014. But if you are on the fence and you need an extra push, something to help you decide to go to WBC, something that will help you get the entire seven hundred and ninety-five US dollars investment back to your business big time, and something that will give you some uh, extra perks and physical things that you can get in case you're on the fence and want to go to the WBC, then I got something prepared for you from ZiviKivi and from Qualatex. So check that out on BalloonArtistPodcast.com slash WBC. Again, go to BalloonArtistPodcast.com slash WBC and you can see that if you are on the fence, we can really help you get off the fence and go to New Orleans in 2016. So, let's hear Christopher Lyle. Hello everyone, this is chapter 4 of season 1 of the Balloon Artist podcast and today with me we have one of the champions of restaurant work. We have Christopher Lyle with us, the author of Yellow. Uh, So, um, I'm really excited to talk with you christopher lyle what's up hey buddy how's it going i'm really good so uh the the topic of our uh season today is how to make money with balloons and i know that you have a very interesting system to market yourself and to basically make a living from your art and that is the restaurant work so can you explain to us a little bit an overview of who is christopher lyle and how do you make a living with balloons Sure. Uh, Christopher
0: Lyle is the guy in the yellow suit. Um, you know, I've been doing restaurant work now for, oh God, probably about 20, 25 years, give or take. And yeah, I mean, it's really, in my opinion, the best way that you can market yourself, uh, as an entertainer. It doesn't really matter, you know, what your skill sets are. You know, if you're a magician, a balloon artist, a face painter, whatever you do, um if you can do it in a restaurant you're basically being paid to advertise yourself to the market that you want to perform for so really it's a win win you know the restaurant gets entertainment out of it uh you get a way to entertain people uh be known in your market pass out your business cards and then you know get booked for your you know bigger events
1: Awesome. So basically it's a marketing strategy that puts you in front of people uh and not just people but the people that are you know that you target for and that allows you to sell your other services. And the, I understand you're a magician like myself. Can you tell us a little bit about your goal in marketing? What are the other services that you provide?
0: Yeah, you know, I've always felt that the more skill sets you can offer uh, obviously, the more likely you are to be booked. I don't really like to, you know, tie myself in as just a magician or just a balloon artist. I'm an entertainer. You know, that's the service that I provide. Magic is a tool. Balloon art is a tool. Comedy is a tool. If you look at my website, I officially bill myself as a magician, a comic, a daredevil, and a balloon twisting genius. Uh, those are all the you know tools that kind of come together. To provide the services that I do, so yeah,
1: and and I really have to take my hat off in terms of uh, branding. Uh, Wonderful work, and uh, oh, thank you. Yeah, and and if I may add, just not looking at yourself as a a thing like I'm the balloon guy, I am the magician, but looking at yourself as as Christopher Lyle, the brand. And sure. the man in in yellow, and uh, in, in such a wonderful visual way, um, you you can see who is Christopher Lyle on your website. So I would put a link to your website. Uh yeah, please also. do. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I will. I I know it 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 helps, and but it also helps our listeners to learn more about you. So it will be on the show notes on podcast dot com. So, uh, but but basically, what you say is that you sell entertainment. If I understand you correct, will will that be for birthday parties, for corporate events? What would be your niche?
0: All, yeah, I mean, all, pretty much all of the above. Um, you know, uh, I think I prefer performing um, for children's type environments. Not really even children's. I mean, you know, I, I think there is a bit of a fine line. You've got children's entertainers, and you've got family entertainers, and I tend to lean more on the family side of the entertainment. Um, I want my show to to be entertaining for not only just the kids, but for the you know parents or for the grownups. Um, you know, I, I, I find myself uh, at ease really in any situation, whether it you know be for kids or be for grownups. But uh, if I really had to choose. I mean, you know, let's get honest. Once people grow up, they kind of suck. You know, they're just very square. Kids, they have that way where they can just open their mind and open their imagination and really let anything happen. Um, But still, you know, I mean, I want to be entertaining for as many people uh, as I can possibly be. So um, I really, you know, I I don't do a lot of the – and I don't want this to sound – you know, in any way negative, but you've got people that are doing more of like children's entertaining, clown magic, that type of thing. And there's obviously a place for that in every market. I get that. Uh, it's just not really who I am. So, um, you know, my shows are, um, at the risk of sounding cliche, uh, a little on edge, uh, as far as the comedy is concerned, uh, I try to push the envelope as much as I feel that I can, while keeping it, you know, obviously family friendly. So,
1: no, now you definitely built built my appetite to see one of your shows. <laughs> uh, like, uh, I love going to the edge. I uh, I shave on my shows, like with a whipped cream on my face, and I shave myself and eat it, which is really. On the edge side of uh, right. making the kids gross out of this weird situation because they think it's a shaving cream at the beginning, right? Oh so, uh, yeah, I definitely dig this.
0: Uh, well, that's one of the the uh, the unfortunate things about uh, being in the United States when it comes to entertainment. Uh, we are so politically correct <laughs> over here. Which uh, if I'm being honest, I find quite nauseating. Uh, you know, it's all a bunch of rubbish to me. It's just entertainment, uh, and that's what people should look at it as. Um, one of the bits that I do in my um, in my show is um, and it's a marketed routine. The way that I do it is a little bit different. Um, uh, it, it's called the eye vanish. It's always the second thing that I do uh, in my act, and uh, what it is, I take a silver dollar and I place it into my eye. And then I push it through my eyeball, vanishing it. And then I move it down through my face, and I pop it out of my mouth, and I launch it from my mouth into a shot glass uh, right as like my music ends, and I hit my you know applause position. Um, and I use music for it that um, you know, it, it, uh, it's called Coin Operated Boy, and it's by a group called the Dresden Dolls and if you really listen to the lyrics and i'm not going to get into it really but if you really listen to what the lyrics are it is so completely not for children at all but i do it for kids and nobody ever has picked up on the meaning of the song um which personally i find hilarious cuz you know it's obvious but in the context of what i'm doing uh it it makes complete perfect sense for the routine and people are so focused on me they hear the music more as an afterthought but they don't really focus in on what it's about so uh, and and that's obviously something that not everyone is going to be doing uh, for a quote children's show so just one of the many ways that I can push the envelope while still keeping it you know pretty family friendly
1: cool uh, so we understand the why which is by, use, by doing restaurant work, you get uh, an opportunity to market yourself while being paid for it and get more prospects for your for your shows. Uh, but uh, one of the main concerns I had when I was considering this marketing tactic here in Israel was about the how which and the main thing I was concerned about was like what would you do if a client wants to book you? on the same day where you were scheduled to do restaurant work. So this is a real fear for me to start it. So how do you tackle this?
0: Therein lies the rub because you're obviously at the restaurant to book yourself out to the general population. So what happens when the general population wants to book you on the same day that your restaurant is? Well, for me personally, uh, I do not use replacements. I know a lot of artists that are out there will have, you know, two or three subs that they can call and say, hey, I have a gig um, that's, you know, out somewhere tonight. Are you able to come and perform it in my restaurant? Um, I think that's a bad idea. There's only one you. You know, there's only one Christopher Lyle. No one else can be me. And whereas, you know, there's certainly uh, better artists or performers than I am. People don't come for that. People are coming to see Christopher Lyle. You know, uh, they don't care what I'm doing. They're there for me. So if I were to have someone else come in and sub in for me, well, it's not going to work because they aren't. They I mean, they obviously aren't me. Even if they're better, they're not Christopher Lyle. So uh, I don't do it. Um, when I book the restaurants at the time of booking, I let them know. It's like, look, uh, this has to be a mutually beneficial relationship. I am here to not only um, provide a service to you, but also to help get my name out there uh, to, you know, book shows at my full fee. Which obviously I don't charge restaurants my full hourly rate because a restaurant they're just not going to pay it. Um, you know, so if if a restaurant's on board with that, you know, rock and roll. If not, then it's not going to be a good match. And, um, you know, I have lost restaurants, um, in the past where I had to walk because I could tell that they weren't on board with, with what my plan was. And, you know, I was like, look, if you want me exclusively, fine, my rate is $300 an hour and I will happily turn down work, uh, and be exclusive for you. And of course the restaurant's not going to pay that. So, um, but yeah, I just let them know you know, like right up front and be open and honest with the restaurant. They're your client. Let them know that, uh, you know, what your goal is in working there. So when other work comes around, uh, there's not any big surprise. And I mean, I always try to give my restaurants plenty of notice, you know, like at least a week or two. Um, it's rare if something pops up, uh, you know, like with 24 hours, um, you know, but those rare times that it does, uh, if it's worth you know the money for it, then yeah you know I'll go do it and I'll let the restaurant know. Hey, sorry about this. I'm not going to be there tomorrow night, or I'm not going to be there in six hours. So some might disagree. You know, your mileage may vary, but for me that's what it's all about.
1: Awesome. So that that's a great solution. You're basically building a relationship with uh, the restaurant and you're letting them know that this relationship is uh, beneficial. It's a win-win situation for both sides. They get Christopher Lyle, you get uh, in front of people and the opportunity to not arrive when you need to. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I didn't mean to make it sound like I've lost tons of restaurant work. I mean, I can count on one hand the number of times I've had a restaurant say, yeah, this isn't really working out. And I'm like, yeah, I think I kind of agree. Um, most of the restaurants that I have performed at, when I say most, that 99 percentile uh, get that, you know, I've got other gigs and that, you know, why I'm at the restaurant. They don't want to prevent me from making money um, any more than I would want them to not make money. So um, you just have to, you know, give and take a little bit.
1: Cool. So uh, how often do you do it? How often do you do it uh, these days? All right. So right now I am performing
0: four nights a week. I do Monday nights uh, doing magic. I do Tuesday nights doing balloons. I do Wednesday nights doing magic. And I do Friday nights doing balloons. Uh, Thursday is my night off from restaurants. And then I leave the, uh, the weekends open Saturday and Sunday you know, for doing the birthday parties and all that type of stuff.
1: Cool. And uh, can you give us an overview of how long do you stay in the restaurant and what do you actually do? Sure. Uh,
0: Yeah, so um, I'm advertised for two hours um, from six to eight. Uh, You know, for me personally, that's a good round number. Uh, I figure uh, most people get out of work between 4 and 5, 5.30ish or so by the time that they get home. Uh, They could be at the restaurant anywhere between like 6 and 615 um, you know, it takes, what, about 45 minutes to eat dinner, uh, like start to finish. Um, that's a good, nice number. So normally about two hours. Um, however, there are many nights where I stay much longer than that. Um, and that's something that you just kind of have to decide for yourself. Um, I'm paid for my time, uh, just because, uh, I'm there two hours. If I stay three hours, I'm paid for three hours. Um, you know, if I'm there four hours, I'm paid for four hours, so on and so forth. You have to work that out with a restaurant when you book the restaurant. Um, I know a lot of people say, well, I don't want to leave people if they're, you know, still waiting for me. So yeah, I'll go ahead and stay 30 minutes, but then they're on their own dime. You know, um, it's like I accept tips, but I'm not there solely for tips and I could care less if i get them or not because I am paid by the restaurant. So every second I'm there, money's flowing into my wallet. Um but, yeah, you know, I mean, on average, you know anywhere from two to three hours,
1: so do you have a problem with stopping after let's say even three hours? people still want you to stay. Do you have a problem with that
0: N- not at all i mean, uh, I have stayed five hours um at restaurants before, um as a matter of fact, my Friday night restaurant, um I start at six, and for me to get out of there by ten thirty is, you know, pretty rare. Uh, I'm normally out of there, you know, about like, like 11-ish, 11.30, give or take, but I'm paid. Um, I let the restaurant know, again, communication is the key here. Let your restaurants know this is how I work. I can either go from 6 to 8 as advertised and come 8 o'clock, I pack up my gear and I'm out the door, um, or I can stay if the business is going to allow for it. Um, you know, obviously if, if we're dead that night, I'm out the door, you know, maybe three to four minutes after the, you know, eight o'clock, but, uh, obviously Friday nights are pretty hopping. So, um, but yeah, you know, they always have me stay, but if they don't want to pay for it, then I'm out the door at eight. If they're fine paying for it, if the business allows, yeah, I'm, I, I'm obviously there to make money. I'll stick around as long as they want, as long as the, as there's people that want to see me, as long as the
1: business allows. And uh, do you have any tactic uh, of how to stop in case you do want to stop? Yes. Um, I pack my
0: stuff up and I walk out the door.
1: Ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and all of those you know, kids calling on you like zombies, asking for more, doesn't I'm happen?
0: Not going to happen. Um, the way that I work um, when it comes to doing the balloon side it's not really a problem when i'm doing magic you know um, when i do magic in a restaurant every table gets three tricks that's it um, that way every table every table show <coughs> well that sounded really bad didn't it table show uh every t- every performance at a table uh, has a um a start a middle and an end three tricks i'm there maybe 3 to 4 minutes and then I move on, you know, to the next table. Obviously, with ballooning, eh, it's a little different, and the way that I play uh, a restaurant doing ballooning is polar opposite how many people perform at a restaurant. And I'm sure we'll probably get into that later in this podcast. Um, but uh, I mean, I, I I don't set myself up where I have 50 kids. You know, oh please, Mister Yellow Guy, don't leave us, please don't. Uh, because the way that I play restaurants isn't that way, so um, I don't have an issue. Quite simply,
1: it, it definitely sounds like uh, you're the pro. So you know how to convey the message to your audience that you're not uh, merely a balloon guy, but you're you're doing a show for each table or for each like you choose what you do and Correct. that probably helps, but we will get to what exactly you do and how big it is uh, later. So uh, sure. let's keep the surprise momentum. Um, okay. So I understand, uh, the, the, that, that basically you're doing, uh, strolling and moving table by table. Uh, do you have a tactic like, uh, making, uh, a linear, um, a trip inside the location or maybe jumping from one location to another inside the restaurant. So what's your tactic on that? Uh,
0: well, okay. So currently, um, I, I'm performing for two different restaurants total. Um, one restaurant is called Christina's fine Mexican. Uh, and that's my Monday, Tuesday and Friday night gig. Um, but it's two different locations. So, Monday and Tuesday, I perform at the Flower Mound store, and then Fridays, I perform at uh, the Trophy Club location, and then Wednesday nights, uh, I perform at another Mexican restaurant called Margaritas,
1: and, uh, which
0: is, in a weird kind of a way, which I won't bore any of your listeners with, but um, Margaritas kind of spawned off of Christina's. A lot of the employees that worked at Christina's wanted to open up their own place. And so, um, you know, Christina's was very instrumental in helping them get that going. So when they opened up their new place, they had to have me there. And that's kind of how that all came about. So, yeah, I mean, uh, if you're a restaurant, I mean, if I understand your question correctly, uh, the you know, your restaurants, if they have multiple locations, by all means, yeah, try to cross-sell yourself. Um, you know, um, I get calls from other uh, locations that I don't even perform for within the Christina's um, you know, brand uh, just to say, Hey, um, are you available? You know, we have a private party coming out uh, and we'd love just to have you come in and do something for them. I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, and then I just charge the restaurant my hourly rate. I just bill it to the, you know, to that one particular restaurant. And then I get my check, you know, on the following week. So man, it works out great.
1: And uh, what about uh, inside the restaurant, like uh, in the actual place where people sit? Do you have a way where you start? Just do you just go table by table, or do you? Uh,
0: yeah, um, I I don't do that. Uh, I perform by request only, um, and I'll try to elaborate a little bit. Uh, so when I was first starting out, I hated approaching the tables. I was like, man, I, you know, I was nervous. I was stressing about it. Uh, what if they say no? What if I'm rejected? And you know what? People don't always want to see you. You know, people go to a restaurant for one reason and that is to eat. It's not to see the guy juggling or, you know, like doing card tricks or, or, you know, like doing balloon art. People go there to eat. That's their, you know, the whole reason that they're there. And a lot of people, whether they have children with them or not, do not want to be disturbed. It's, you know, they come in and they rent that table for 45 minutes. And during that, that time that they're in a sense, leasing that, that little tiny space, um, you know, it would almost be as, you know, like abrupt if, as is if they're at home and the doorbell rings and someone, you know, they have to get up from the table to answer the door. And it's like a vacuum cleaner salesman or something. um, pretty much the same thing in a restaurant. So I don't want to, you know, go up to a table and have them tell me no. So uh, I don't do that. Um, I will only perform for people in a restaurant that want to see me. And the way that I accomplish this is I have a sign-up sheet um, and there is a procedure and you have to sell the restaurant on it. Again, if the restaurant isn't fully on board, I walk, I will not perform there because it's not a good match. Um, I want to be able to create a unique dining experience that people can't get anywhere else, but it has to be on my terms. So um, basically what happens is um, I have a sign-up sheet. It's held up at the hostess stand, and when people come in and the hostess seats them – they say um, we have our magician here, Christopher Lyle, or we have our balloon guy, Christopher Lyle, um, and he's here doing balloons, or he's here doing magic. Uh, would you, you know, if you would like to see him tonight, uh, just let your server know, and they will add you to Christopher's signup sheet. And so, the hostess walks back to the hostess stand, and then the servers come around take uh, drink orders, and then when they bring the drinks back, they say, um, our host has probably told you that uh, Christopher Lyle is here. Would you like him to come visit your table? If they say yes, they go, great. And then they walk up, and my sign-up sheet uh, is basically just two columns. It says table number and time. So I can look at it, and I can see, okay, uh, it's now, we'll say, 645. I can see that table twelve signed up at six thirty, so I know that, that they've been waiting for me for fifteen minutes. Um, as an example, most of the time my wait time doesn't exceed eight to ten minutes, at least on uh, like a magic night. Again, balloon night a little bit different, um, but yeah. So you know, for me, that's how I do it. Uh, that way, I'm not disturbing people that don't want to see me. And I'm only servicing the tables that really want to see me. So that's how I do it. That's what works for me.
1: Oh, wow, uh, Christopher Lyle. I love the sign-up sheet idea. It's so, so unique and so um, – um, like the emotional intelligence involved in this of allowing people to request for you and basically uh, making them want you. Much more because of that, because of the process and the way that the waiter is talking. That's that's so awesome. Oh yeah. Th- thank you for sharing that. Sure. Um, so so this means that basically you have uh, like uh, a schedule that is being built during your walk, and you'll go to do a table. You'll go come back to your uh, sign-up sheet and choose where to go next and so on. Correct. Absolutely. Did did it ever happen to you? Probably not these days, but uh, did it ever happen to you that it took time to get the first sign up?
0: Yeah, um, and you know, I mean, even today that that still might happen. Um, you know, uh, but I would—I mean, I don't think I've ever waited longer than you know ten minutes. Uh, you know, for like a table to sign up. I mean, obviously, some nights are going to be slower than others. I mean, you know, I'm not saying that I will never cold call a table. Um, I still cold call, but it is so rare. I mean, uh, if I had to just take a shot in the dark, it's probably been seven or eight months since I've had to hit up a table cold. Cool. Um, you know. So. And,
1: and this means a lot because uh, you know I uh, I'm also uh, an SEO guy, so I like to do the statistics of everything. Oh yeah. So if you go. Uh, For four nights a week, for four times a month, and go for eight months. And that's, you know, the amount of time is one time you needed to to call, call. So it's a pretty good conversion rate. Oh, yeah. So uh, cool. I mean, really,
0: for me, it's like a non-issue. So. Yeah. Like too, you know, my attire helps with that quite a bit. Um, you know, when people come in, they see this... This guy in a bright yellow suit, you know, it kind of ties right back into the branding. I don't have to try, you know, people uh, either when I walk in the restaurant, I get instant attention right to me. uh, Or when people come into the restaurant, um, if I'm not working at a table, they can certainly see me because I'm very visible. And that by itself, you know, stirs up a little intrigue. They want to say, hey, God, look at that guy. Oh, my God, look at that suit. You know, the thing is loud, and I get it. It's loud. It's obnoxious. But you know what? Yellow is such a happy color. Everybody wants to see the guy in the yellow suit. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. You know, magic, balloons. I could just – and you know what? Some tables I don't <coughs> even perform for, meaning that I just – you know, um, I've got several tables that don't really want to see anything, but they sign up. And I, I, I'll chit-chat with them for five minutes. That's all that they really want. they just want to see what's going on in my life they They find my life exciting uh for whatever strange twisted reason um you know, but i mean that that's all that they want so you know again, it's really like a non issue for me
1: awesome, so uh, I understand that you're the unicorn that they look uh fascinated and they see you. Uh, you' you're unique they never saw something like that, and also you can do you, you can do real magic like uh you're you're entertaining you 're making huge sculptures so uh, that's uh really understandable for me let 's talk a little bit about prep work. Do you have to work in advance to prepare so for magic not really um,
0: uh, I do have a bit of a regimen. Uh, as weird as this is going to sound, um, my hands are my stage and, you know, for me, it's very important how my hands look. So every day I file my nails, regardless if I'm doing magic or balloons, uh, I file my nails, um, I clean up my, um, my cuticles and then I do a hand exfoliant with a, a, a sea salt scrub. Uh, just to get any dead dead skin off, loose skin, so that way my hands are nice and smooth and I can work nice and fresh. Uh, as, as far as magic goes, that's my prep. Um, with balloons, it's a little bit different because of how I perform at the restaurants. Um, I think one of the things and, – and I, I, I should preface this. Everyone always says, oh my god, Christopher is such a great balloon artist. I consider myself a competent twister. That's it. You know, uh, I have certainly, you know, I stand on the shoulders of giants within the balloon industry. I have learned from the best. I have learned from people that aren't considered the best. I've learned from people that you've never even heard of them, you know, but I mean, I can look at, at a design and I can basically recreate it. Whether there's like a PDF or, or a DVD, it doesn't matter if I see, as long as I can see the design from One or two different angles, I can normally recreate that one particular design. Yeah, um, because of how I play the restaurants, uh, doing the balloon side of it, um, what I will normally do is maybe like an hour or two prior to my restaurant uh, starting, um, I'm going to make maybe 10 to 15 quick but great quality balloons what I guess many would probably consider line work type stuff. Um, Each one might take me three or four minutes to make. um, And it could be a combination of, you know, headbands or wristables or hats or or just something, you know, cute. Probably not going to exceed anywhere from about five to six balloons within that one particular design. reason that I do that is, you know, obviously uh, within about probably 20 to 30 minutes of, of me starting my shift, my signup sheet is already starting to fill up. I've got, you know, maybe 10 tables to uh, 15 tables waiting for me. But the way that I perform as a balloon artist is I do not go table to table because for me, that would make me a balloon machine. And that is boring. I don't want to be that guy. Uh, I want to, you know, provide a large show. So what I will do is I go into the main dining room and it, this kind of differs with every restaurant just based on how they're set up. Um, But, uh, for the most part, the restaurants that I'm playing now have three different dining rooms or two dining rooms, like one main dining room and then one smaller dining room. Uh, what I do is I go to the main dining room, um, and have a plan set up before you hit the restaurant. Don't, don't show up not knowing anything. Um, aside from having maybe 10 or so balloons, um, pre-made, um, before I ever go in, I have kind of, you know, like a, a, a top 10 list. Uh, I know what I want to make that night. Okay. So when I walk in there, uh, I'm not thinking, let's see, I'm at this table. What am I going to do? Um, I already know for the most part. Um, you know, so I go to the main dining room and I put on a show. Um, I I say, okay, what's my first sculpture going to be? And I go there and I, get and I say, all right, so this is what I'm going to do. And I go to my balloon setup and I, you know, I pull all the balloons that I'm going to need. And then I find like an empty spot in like the middle of the dining room, of the main dining room. And I start building what I'm going to build. And it might take me 30 minutes to build one sculpture in a restaurant. People say, that's crazy. You can't do a 30-minute showpiece in a restaurant. People are going to wait. Guess what? You're not there to be a balloon machine. You are there to provide a service of entertainment. Balloons are your tool, and guess what? I'm providing that service of entertainment because while I'm creating, everyone's watching. At that time, it almost becomes like dinner theater. People can see what I'm doing. Uh, There's conversations flowing around, and then 20 to 30 minutes later when I'm done, I pick one lucky person that I can then walk up to and say, here you go, ta-da, ta-da. And I'm not only tipped by the people that I give the balloon to, but guess what? People that didn't receive a balloon are then giving me tips, thanking me for the entertainment, you know, and they didn't get a, you know, they didn't get a damn thing. So it's a win-win, you know, Um, I'm not a balloon machine at that point. Um, I've just done a show. Uh, I've showcased that I'm better Than every other balloon artist in my market, whether that's true or not, and it's not, there's people out here in Dallas that, you know, um, that certainly can exceed my level of talent. Um, but it's never seen because, you know, they can do these awesome things, but then they do the restaurants and, you know, they're doing one balloon dogs, one balloon swords, because that's what the expectation is. My job is I want to provide a service that they can't get anywhere else. My goal is I want to prove to the world that balloon art doesn't suck, one sculpture at a time, and that's how I do it.
1: Wow. One sculpture at a time. Amen to that. So when will you use your pre-made balloons?
0: Yeah, yeah. so um, after I'm done with that first sculpture, I then go hit my list. So think about it. When I first get to the restaurant, there might be one or two people signed up. Maybe not even by the time that my that I'm done with that that first showpiece, then I go and I see who's signed up on my list. Depending on who signs up on my list, kind of dictates how the rest of the night goes. Kind of dictates how I pass out some of that pre-made stock. One of the other things that I do when I perform as a balloon artist, um, and again, this is something kind of bold. I don't ask them what they want because I don't care. I'm the professional. And I tell every table, I say, I know what you need more than you know what you want. Let me surprise you. Whatever you're thinking of that that you want, man, I can so exceed that. I can come up with something better. And, you know, I mean, like sometimes, you know, I would say maybe two-thirds of the time, they're like, solid, do that. And then I can either go pull from my uh, pre-made stock. Or I can go grab the balloons, go back to the table, and make it for them there. They don't know what I'm going to make, so that builds the interest. It builds the intrigue. And say maybe about a third of the time, they might dig their heels in. And they're like, nope, I want this. And I'll take one last shot. It's like, are you sure? Man, I can make something so much better than that. Let me just surprise you. But if they dig their heels in, I mean, obviously, I'm there to keep everyone happy. Sure, I will make the one balloon sword. So I make them whatever they asked for. Uh, Super Bowl 50 just happened, uh, like, what, like a week ago, uh, maybe a week and a half ago. And one of the big Super Bowl ads was this thing called um, Puppy Monkey Baby. Uh, depending on, where, on like, where you're from, you may not know what the Super Bowl is. It's the big football contest at the end of our football season out here in the United States. And um, one of the ads, you know, one of the commercials was this really weird thing for for the Mountain Dew soft drink, and it, it was this puppy monkey baby that was the head of a pug dog with a monkey's body wearing a diaper with baby feet coming out of it. It was the most obnoxious thing, and I was like, you know, I just got a feeling someone's going to ask me for it. Somebody asked me for it that first night back, and I was like, ah, I can't believe it, um, you know. So, but they totally dug their heels in. They did not want a surprise. They wanted Puppy Monkey Baby. And so I sat there and I made that ridiculous, ugly, stupid thing. And they were the happiest person in the world, you know, which is my job to provide smiles. So at the end of the day, you know, if they have to have something, bada bing, I'm there and they get exactly what they want. Most of the time, I can just surprise them. Uh, with something pre-made, or I can bring balloons to their table and, you know, crank it out there.
1: Awesome. Wow. That that really gives, a, a like, a, a portrait of how your uh, balloon nights look like. And uh, I love so many ideas that you shared, like uh, the sentence, I know what you need more than you know what you want. That's a brilliant sentence. And uh, I can see... I can imagine the entire evening uh, of seeing you. That's awesome. Um, Do you have any tips about the location of the restaurant? So like which location would you choose for the actual work?
0: Absolutely. So, you know, for me, I'm in this to make money. You know, uh, restaurants, I perform in restaurants, as I said earlier, so I can get booked by other people um and you know i and i'm not trying to sound smug when i say this but i am likely the highest paid entertainer out here in Dallas Fort Worth for the 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 genre of services that i offer for the you know type of services that i offer i am priced way beyond what the market is um and i'm fine with that that means i'm going to work less but i'm going to make more and when i say that i'm going to work less i'm still working quite a bit i normally average any given month probably maybe 7 to 12 private bookings a month that includes birthday parties corporate gigs uh, i have an agent they take great care of me you know so that plus my restaurant work i can't really af- you know afford any more time Without being divorced and having my like my kids not know who I am when I walk in the door, I personally pick restaurants that are in very affluent areas um, and it's, it's kind of a joke my Monday and Tuesday night restaurant you wouldn't know it from looking at the restaurant it's in this old kind of a a rundown uh, like shopping strip and and there's a gas station that's like attached to it. So driving by, you'd be like, it's kind of a dumpy-looking place. But the thing is, it's horses in that area. There's, like, equestrian centers, uh, people that, you know, breed horses, that race horses. It's all cowboys. So, of course, it's going to look kind of run down a little bit, you know. And the people that go in there, they pull up and they're, you know, I mean, some of them are driving beat-up pickups. And they come in with dirty jeans and their cowboy hat on. And taking one look at them, you, wouldn't, you probably wouldn't think much, but these people can buy and sell your soul a million times over. They've got more money than you would ever even imagine that they would have. Um, I can't even fathom the amount of money that some of these people have. I make sure that I position myself in areas where when they call to book me, because that's why I'm there, uh, when I quote them, my high price, They're not going to bat an eye. And some of these people, you know, it's more like a contest. They want to spend the money because for them, it's all about status. They want to invite all of their rich friends where they can congratulate each other on being masters of the universe. And I'm saying this, of course, with the utmost respect. I mean, I love these people to death, but, you know, they've got money and I am in the business to, you know, make money. So uh, that's why I position myself in these places.
1: You know, I just – bell rang in my head uh, how how efficient the system is in terms of eliminating the competition because like when I market myself in Edwards or in Google with SEO uh, there's always a competition there's always someone you can compare the prices with and so on even though I charge higher fees but still there's a competition involved and in your case they really just want you Mm -hmm. after they saw you in person, doing sure. amazing stuff. Sure. And, and you know, um,
0: it's kind of funny that you mentioned the whole, at, you know, SEO, um, and like Google advertising and all that type of stuff. I don't do any of that. I don't care about my SEO. I don't pay for Google ads. But guess what? Because of my branding, they're always going to find me. I, I know for a fact. I mean, I don't have a catchy name. You know, I'm not like David Copperfield or Kurt... Chris Angel, I mean, like some name that's gonna, you know, be recognizable. Um, if I'm being honest, I think the best name uh, out there in at least the balloon industry is Rob Balchunas. Uh, Rob's little signature thing is Rob the Balloon Guy. Don't really rob me. That's just my name. See, that's something catchy. That's something people can remember. In the magic world, uh, I got a buddy out in Virginia. Uh, His name is Alec Negri and uh, he goes by the name Sly the Magic Guy. You know, that's cute. That's something people can kind of wrap their head around and remember. My name is Christopher Lyle. That's boring. Nobody's going to remember that. However, it doesn't matter because people will never forget the guy in the yellow suit, you know, hand. I mean, it, it's just an easy way to be recognized, you know?
1: So that's really cool. And, uh, really inspiring to see how you manage to market yourself without being dependent on some big corporate company that changes its rules of how to show you on it so like uh, you're not dependent on Google's uh, new development you you're de- you're dependent on yourself uh, being out there doing actual marketing like marketing was um, Like Marketing is all about making people remember you and making people aware of you, and that's exactly what you're achieving.
0: Sure. I mean, I can either be paying Google to sort of advertise me and hope that I get hits that I'm going to be paying for, and I'll be paying for hits both of clients and of possibly even competition that uh, will just go to my website from Google purposely just to make sure that I get charged, you know, um, there are sadly people out there that do that type of thing, or I could be out in the restaurants, which is marketing. And instead of paying Google to advertise myself, I am being paid to advertise myself. What do you think, um, is going to be better for you to be paid to advertise or to pay to advertise? Sounds like a no brainer when you really, you know, put it like that, huh?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we talked about the where where, and basically the the places where there are affluent uh, people coming to dine and uh, that makes a lot of sense. So let's talk a little bit about your portfolio because you really are uh, a pioneer uh, in the the sense of uh, when you look at your photos, you don't just see amazing sculptures, you also see... Very happy people. Oh yeah. So, talk talk about about uh, talk with us about uh, what is your tactical strategy about that?
0: Oh yeah, there is no bigger media whore than I. I will guarantee that. Um, so early on, I thought I I want to make some cool stuff, and then I want to have it professionally photographed, and that's what I did. It looked great, but it was it seemed very two dimensional. It was like yep, there's a balloon sculpture with a nice backdrop or a Photoshop backdrop behind it, you know. Uh, or, yep, there's Christopher standing with a balloon. Yay. You know, it, it just didn't really seem to work. And uh, I was very nervous asking people, hey, are you cool if I photograph your kid to put on my website or to throw out on Facebook? And, you know, I mean, like most time, I mean, take my – my talent out of it. If I just walked up to some random person, hi there, can I take a picture of your child and post it online? No, I'm going to be arrested. They're not going to want that. Um, so, you know, and it, it, it was, it, it just sort of slowly developed over time. Um, you know, I, I've probably been doing it that way now for 10 years, maybe not quite 10 years. And uh, now people ask to be photographed. They almost expect it. And there's times where, you know, I mean, you have to try to strike a happy balance. You don't want to be the guy that's in a restaurant and every time you're handing someone a balloon, hey, can I take a picture? Click, click, click. You know, because then you're doing it for you and you're not doing it for others. And I'm not about that. I mean, I'm obviously doing it for my public, uh, not necessarily for me. However, if I can snatch a few uh, still shots of someone enjoying what I just made, I'm all the more for it. Um, I don't, I don't have people sign releases and I, uh, people worry so much. Uh, oh my, I mean, I know clowns out here in Dallas, Fort Worth that refuse to be photographed with a child unless both of their hands are in full view, you know, because they don't want someone to, to say, well, wait a minute, where's that other hand of his or hers? You know, is it touching the child in a, press? My God, people, snap the hell out of it, you know. Uh, Just, I mean, do your job. If they let you take a – you know, and I just ask. It's like, would you mind if I take a picture of your child with the balloon that I just made for them? They're going to say yes or no. You know, worst they can say is no. And you go, okay, have a great night. You know, uh, that big a deal. Thankfully, most of the people that I – I mean, I would say – Once in a blue moon. And like, this is one of those things where, again, I can count on one hand the number of times where I was told, and you know, we would just kind of prefer not. Um, You know, uh, people want to be photographed, they think it's fun. I've got tons of my regulars. And I mean, if you really go and look on my, you know, my Facebook page, or you look at my website uh, where, you know, I have my portfolio in both of those areas um, and you really start looking close at some of these happy people. You start recognizing a lot of these faces because, you know, I do have a lot of regulars. And so I'm kind of photographing like the same people over and over a lot of times, but they think it's cool because for them, man, they're a rock star now they get to go to school the next day Uh, Tell their friends, hey, you can see me online on this guy's website holding his awesome balloons. And, you know, so it's good marketing for me because then the er, er, parents, you know, then the kids go home. Hey, guess what? Johnny was on this guy's website holding this great balloon here. And then they like, you know, pull up my website and then more people come to the restaurant. It's this kind of circle of life thing. So, yeah, uh, I just ask. I say, hey. Let me take a picture with your, I mean, not of me with the kid, but I mean, you know, sometimes that happens to work out. I would say 90% of the time it's just, hey, let me take a picture of your kid smiling, holding the balloon, you know, and they're like, oh yeah, sure, go for it. Sometimes the parents pose with, sometimes not, but yeah, not a big deal.
1: That's super brave, and I definitely dig that, you know, people, be brave. Uh, Oh, (laughs) absolutely. Get your great shots your money shots and they're uh, basically uh, showing the benefits of your work is much more th- that will talk to the person that will look for you to book you because he doesn't want to see you. He, he wants to know what he will get out of booking you. And that is that picture, that uh, wonderful face of Timmy smiling like he's having the time of his life and thinking about school tomorrow where he will be able to go with this huge sculpture that's such uh, an amazing uh, experience and, and also as a dad, I can relate to that. So if my daughter just got such an awesome present from Christopher Lyle, go ahead. Right. Put the picture yeah.
0: I mean like even so, I mean they're probably not going to be able to take some big showpiece to school. But hey, you know what? If you know if it's on the website, every kid now has a cell phone. Well, every kid except my kids. Because I'm an evil father and they will never have a cell phone. But most kids I see have, you know, like some type of internet type gadget that they can, you know, like pull up my website or pull up Facebook. And they can show it off to their friends. And that means a lot. I mean, it's kind of a good thing to have that now. What, 20 years ago we didn't have that. You know, it's a nice thing where we can do that now. And, you know, I mean, uh, I, I see so many people in like balloon Facebook groups. You know, they take great photos of their work in front of a sheet or they have it on like a table that they just made at home. And it's like, yeah, I love that. But is that what you're using for marketing? It's cool to be able to showcase that to other balloon artists. But if that's if you're using those same pics to market to your clients, kind of two dimensional, kind of boring, doesn't really show anything. So I much prefer showcasing happy people with my work
1: that's a great tip as well. So we're almost running out of time and I'd like that uh, people will know where they can learn more about you and also to talk a little bit about your book. So uh, one of the, yeah, I'll start and then uh, I'll allow you to give more information. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like um, Christopher Lyle has a book uh, which really goes deeper into restaurant work. It's like Uh, I'm allowed to say, so I said it first. It's like the Bible of (laughs) how to do a restaurant work. It's the most recent work out there about restaurant work. I I really appreciate. Uh, We talked in the past, and uh, one of the things in the book is like a complete pitch, which is so well scripted. Like uh, uh, it's just uh, a marketing uh, piece that should be learned in marketing school uh it's it 's that good so oh, um, please tell us a little bit about uh like the process of writing the book a little bit and uh why did you put your your knowledge on this book and uh how can people get the book
0: sure okay well, first, how you can get the book let 's talk about that so i don 't forget uh the book is available at my um at my website which is slightlydelusional.com and that's slightly as in sleight of hand um, S-L-E-I-G-H-T-L-Y delusional.com and I'm offering my book uh, for $30 I'm also offering uh, a 50 minute Skype coaching session uh, or a, um, a FaceTime coaching session if you don't do Skype uh also for $30 or you can buy them both for 45 so you would save $15 if you get both um the process came almost by accident i forget the year um let's just say 2006 i forget the exact year it was probably further than that like uh what's somewhere in the in the ballpark of 2006 to, uh, to 2008 um, a magician by the name of Jim Sisti contacted me. Uh, if you're a magician, then you know the name Jim Sisti from the magic menu, um, you know, which was for the longest time, the Bible of, um, of restaurant magic. And uh, the information in there, I studied, I learned from it. Um, you know, he, you know, he asked me if I would write as a columnist for the magic menu. And of course I, Said absolutely, um, and so the name of my column was called "Slightly Delusional." That was actually a name that my wife came up with. Um, Jim liked my writing style, you know, from like the Magic Cafe and from Facebook, um, you know, a, kind of an in-your-face, um, you know, I'm not going to spare your feelings type of of style. A lot of people kind of think I'm a bit of a jerk. Well, you know, when it comes to the art, I guess I kind of am. I'm very opinionated. And, uh, I know that I'm always right because, uh, I never talk about or comment on something that I don't know a hundred percent on. So when I do talk about something, yeah, I'm always right about it. And that was what Jim Sisti loved. And, uh, sadly it didn't last too long. Uh, I think I, I wrote for him for about a year and, um, I think I pissed off so many of his, uh, of his readers. He was like, yeah, I love you, but yeah, I'm just going to kind of put it aside for a bit. So anyway, that's kind of how that went down. But, um, you know, uh, I had all this great information that I was like, I need to share this with more people than just the limited niche or pardon me, the uh, limited audience of such a niche publication of what the magic menu was. So, um, my wife encouraged me to write a book. She said, um, I really think, that you've got more information than what you shared, and I think you should write an entire book and sell the book. I was like, eh, nobody's going to pay for a book written by me. I'm not a big name. Uh, She's like, no, do it. And um, it finally felt right, what, like a year and a half, two years ago, for me to go ahead and do it. I felt that I I was well-established in both the magic and balloon industries. People know who I am. It it just kind of seemed like the that the time was right. So, uh, I just kind of sat down and cranked it out. It took me maybe about four or five months to kind of get it all like together. And then I had it edited uh, and then I had it formatted and uh, bought the domain for the, my book sales only, which I do keep separate from my, my business website. Yeah, um, cause I, obviously this is not for the a general population. This is just for entertainers. So yeah, yeah I just kind of started from there.
1: Awesome. And uh, we will also put a link to where people can find your book.
0: Yeah.
1: um, That'd be great. uh, One one last request I have from you. It's kind of a surprise request. Uh, We didn't talk about it in advance, but uh, would you be willing to share like um, maybe five pictures of things that are now in your day-to-day menu on the restaurant walk? So five pieces that you will for sure do every day. Yeah, absolutely. So, and we'll put those uh, pictures online on the dot com, so people can see like what are your best things that you like now to do. Of course, it changes over time and so on. So, uh, but it will give people an idea of how you plan to make sure. So five pieces that are mandatory for each day that you walk. Sure, A- 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 absolutely.
0: Yeah, and, um, and what I'll share it'll be. Um, some, like, showpieces, and then I'll just have, you know, um, maybe, like, one or two of my, what I would call, like, pre-made things that I would, you know, take into the restaurant. And then something that, you know, isn't necessarily a showpiece or something pre-made, something I might make there, just to kind of give you a bit of a distinction um, of how my mind tends to wrap around this thing.
1: Awesome. I I really think it will help those uh, twisters out there that are doing restaurant work or considering restaurant work, to take a look and grasp what is the guy in the yellow suit. Sure. So uh, before we wrap up, let's uh, repeat uh, all those places where people can find Christopher Lyle.
0: Okay. So we've got slightlydelusional.com. That is where you can buy the book, Skype session, or both. Uh, My website is just my name, christopherlyle.com. You can find me on Facebook, at Facebook.com/slash GotYellow, and
1: that's it. Cool. So it was really uh, so fun to hear all about restaurant work from you and how you're basically, I would say, crushing it with restaurant work and allowing yourself to make a decent living and uh, uh, be be a brand. Uh, that's so awesome so thank you so much for your time and for sharing and uh, see you everyone at the other end of the interview absolutely that was such a cool interview Christopher Lyle was so generous with his ideas that it's just like you are able to learn and see what the rest of the balloon artists out there are doing and what works for them And that was so generous of him. So, my three main takeaways from Christopher Lyle are these. First of all, about the portfolio. Look, you can't be afraid of your own shadow and keep putting your portfolio pictures, uh, like uh, low quality, only the balloon pictures. You need to take risk and have the benefit of your service kind of pictures. That kind of pictures are kids that are happy people that are happy with your balloons with your decor, with your sculptures with your art so I think that Christopher Lyle is brave and I think that it's worthwhile to be brave and having a portfolio of people that are happy with your balloons is just much much better now of course you need to make sure that you are uh, abiding the laws of your state and if someone is asking for you to take out a picture from your portfolio, then obviously you need to do that. And you need to choose for yourself what you do with your portfolio. But personally, I believe that Christopher Lyle is, is doing a great job with his portfolio. Check it out on his Facebook page. The second takeaway from Christopher Lyle is about the waiting list. So this way, when someone goes into the restaurant, He doesn't just wait for Christopher Lyle. He can kind of enlist himself into a waiting list and know when he's coming. And I think that's plain smart. And I think that there are more ways to use this, even not in the restaurant world. Like, for example, uh, you can make a list uh, with numbers of Uh, people that wants to get a a balloon from you so instead of a line walk they are getting numbers or they enlist themselves into a waiting list and all of those systems I think are just smarter than waiting to see what will happen because when you don't have a plan that's when things go up so I like the waiting list idea especially in a restaurant work environment The third thing I like to point out about Christopher Lyle is how he differentiates himself by being the man in the yellow suit, the guy in the yellow suit. I can't stress enough how important it is to be something that is unique, to be something that is um, something which is only you. No one else can do the same thing. You're not just a balloon guy. You're not just a company that does decor. You are the red balloon company or whatever you are zv of your area so i'd like to thank christopher lyle again for all of his uh tips and the information that he shared and i would also would like to ask you to do uh please do one thing for us uh, please uh, if you haven't do- did it before consider asking to join the Facebook group of the show. The Facebook group is a closed group. You can look it up. It's Balloon Artist. Very easy. And if you ask to uh, to be joined, if you ask to join the Balloon Artist Facebook group, you will be approved. And there are many extra info, extra pieces of information inside the group about the show and about who is going to be interviewed next and all kinds of information that that I share in in that Facebook group. So thank you, everyone, that joined already. um, And uh, feel free to join as well. Just go to your Facebook, search for Balloon Artist, and ask to join the group. And I promise to approve it within minutes or an hour or so. So that's it for now. That was Chapter 4 of Season 1 of the Balloon Artist Podcast. See you, guys. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. Welcome to the tip section of Chapter 4, Season 1. And today I would like to suggest to you the tool Canva at canva.com. We'll put a link to the tool on the show notes in balloonartistpodcast.com, Chapter 4 of Season 1. So the tool Canva is actually a tool to create all kinds of graphic designs by yourself, the idea is that they give all kinds of layouts that are very professional looking and that you can customize with text, with different fonts, with different pictures of yourself or of someone else. Uh, and uh, the the cost is usually free unless you're choosing an icon or a specific picture which someone is charging for, the royalties, and then it's like a buck or two. So eventually... Uh, And you get the format, the JPEG format and the PNG formats, uh, all in high quality. So if you compare the cost, even if you need to pay a buck or two, uh, and you compare it to Fiverr, where you sometimes spend five bucks or sometimes maybe ten, it's just very cost effective. Don't be afraid to pay one or two bucks for a design that just looks better. And most of the time I use Canva for free. If you go to BalloonArtistPodcast.com, you'll see that the main banner was made in Canva and it looks very clean and nice. So by using Canva, you can create a more professional marketing material, more professional Facebook posts, social media posts, and so on. So maybe you already know Canva. If you do, then great. If not, please check it out. It will do your, your business good. See you guys next time on the Balloon Artist Podcast. The Balloon Artist Podcast is brought to you by... Did it ever happen to you that someone asked for a yellow sword and you just didn't have any 260Q yellow? Well, it happened to me, and I was so embarrassed of how unprofessional that is that I felt like I have to remember, I have to remember next time to buy that yellow two sixties. For a long time, it happened to me that I just didn't have a good place to write down what is missing for me. That's where the idea for the Balloon Stock app was born. You can buy the Balloon Stock app for a very reasonable fee by looking for Balloon Stock on your mobile store, either on your iTunes or on your market. The Balloon Stock app supports a list of balloons that you choose their destiny. Maybe it's a list of your inventory. Maybe it's a list of what you want to buy. Maybe it's a list of balloons for a project. But the main thing is that this list is very easy to compile because of the auto search feature, because of the search by icon feature, because of the different filters. And after you compile that one list, It's so easy, you just press the cart icon and you can email the list either to yourself or to yourself and to your balloon provider according to your needs. Everything is super simple. I intend to put more features into the Balloon Stock app as soon as we have enough people on board and I encourage you to try it out. The Balloon Stock app is available now. Join in and lock your price to the lower fee because their price will go up soon. I hope you enjoy Balloon Stock App and thank you for supporting it.